covered by the grace of God. Hallelujah. It's good to be in the house of the Lord with you tonight. We're going to have a time of prayer and devotion. Um, before we come, I want to remind you that uh, tithes and offering drop at the box. I was on your way out tonight. This Sunday, we've got a special guest going to be here with us, Brian Matthews. Many of you have heard him before. Maybe some of you haven't heard him, but Brian's coming, and he's flying in from Africa. He's been over in Africa for about a week and a half, maybe two weeks, I know at least. He's been preaching, and today he said, the blind are seeing, and the lame are walking, and hundreds to two hundreds are getting saved every night. He's having quite an experience and encounter with the Lord over there, and he's coming back, so he's going to come fired up. We told him, bring it back, brother. Bring it back with you. So Sunday, be encouraged. Invite people. Be here in the house of the Lord. He'll be here both Sunday morning and Sunday night. Let us go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we give you praise. My, how good it is to hear those things, God, because we know that's who you are. You are able to heal, Father, the blind, the crippled, and the sick, and the lame, Father. You can do those things, God. Tonight, Father, I pray for all those that are sick and afflicted. I pray they have an encounter with you, God. I pray that the Holy Spirit has its way in this place tonight, dear God. That you minister to us, Father, only as you can. That you love us as only you can, Father. We count it a privilege to be in your presence and have this opportunity to come in here week after week in such a nice facility and be in the presence of you, God, Lord, and hear the word of the Lord. My, how you blessed us, God. And we thank you for those blessings tonight, God. We give you praise in Christ's holy name. This time, would you welcome Brother Craig Reynolds. Hey, how's everybody doing tonight? Uh, I want to go ahead and make a quick plug for this weekend for our Real Men Rally. Um, if you're a man 16 or up, we want to invite you out to that. It's going to be a powerful time, powerful weekend with the Lord. Uh, we're believing in great things. And we're believing that the Lord's going to show up in a mighty way. Uh, doors will open this Friday at 5 p.m. Uh, Pre-show starting at 6 with a service kicking off at 7 with Pastor Tony Suarez, Tony Suarez of Revival Makers Ministry. And then uh, Saturday we're going to kick it off at 8 a.m. with breakfast, uh, followed by a service at 9 a.m. Uh, with Pastor Joe Dobbins of Twin, uh, Twin Rivers Worship Center in St. Louis, Missouri. And uh, we'll be followed with competitions and awards and uh, the conclusion of Real Men Rally at 1 p.m. And I uh, also want to invite any man or woman for that matter uh, who hasn't listened to our podcast, Real Men Talk. want to invite you to that. It can be found on Spotify, uh, Apple Podcasts, uh, anywhere that you can find podcasts and, uh, and, and get uh, up to date on that and listen to it. And, uh, and we, we just appreciate your support. Uh, so tonight I'm, I want to get right into this devotional. Uh, you know, while leading up to, to this and while I was in prayer and preparation for what it was uh, that the Lord wanted me to speak here tonight, um, there was a couple of different routes and directions of things I had on my mind of what it was, you know, he wanted me to speak, uh, speak on, mainly regarding uh, prayer and worship. Um, but I felt the Lord, he took me in a completely different direction, and, uh, and he put something on my heart that, that I believe it's very important, and uh, I believe it's something that needs to be spoken on. Um, and that's the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Um, I know Wednesday nights are focused towards prayer, and, and they're geared towards discussing prayer and, and before, we entering in, before entering into a time of prayer. So it may seem a little strange to maybe discuss this specific topic on a night like this, but the baptism of the Holy Ghost and prayer go hand in hand together. 
Um, it's through prayer and earnestly seeking the Lord that believers receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Uh, and it's after receiving the baptism of the Holy Ghost that our walk with the Lord becomes even stronger and we become effective in our walk with the Lord, especially in our prayer life. Um, and this teaching or this doctrine, however you want to call it, of the baptism of the Holy Ghost is something that's heard on and taught on, taught on in some Pentecostal churches like ours and in certain charismatic churches. Um, but I personally believe it's something that should be taught on, sought after, and uh, practiced in every Bible-believing church and by everybody that calls himself a born-again Christian. Uh, but unfortunately, due to a lack of teaching, lack of understanding, many Christians will never experience this, this experience of the baptism of the Holy Ghost and what it feels like to be completely consumed and completely filled with the Spirit of God. And also due to a lack of teaching and, and due to false stigmas and, and uh, assumptions, the baptism of the Holy Ghost is something that's received a lot of attack for many years now. In fact, if you go back to the Acts chapter 2, at the very recorded, first recorded account of the baptism of the Holy Ghost, it was on attack then. And it's been on attack ever since. And even today in Pentecostal churches, uh, we see a decline of this teaching and a lack of understanding on this specific topic. Pastor Tony Suarez, who's going to be here Friday night ministering with us at the Real Men Rally, gave this, this staggering statistic. And it was in the world's largest Pentecostal denomination, less than 30% of their constituencies speak in other tongues. I don't know about you guys, but that's very alarming, very heartbreaking. That's why it's important to know what we believe and why we believe it. And to not waver in our beliefs. And I also want to take just a few minutes here tonight to look at three areas, answer three questions uh, pertaining to the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And that is, what is the baptism of the Go Holy Ghost? What's the importance of the baptism of the Holy Ghost? And why does a person need to receive, or how does a person need to receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost? I know this is a, a lot of ground to cover when it comes to this topic, and I'm only going to be able to scratch the surface here tonight, but I want to just give a brief overview of this tonight. Um, for those of us that have been recipients of the baptism of the Holy Ghost, I pray that this is a, a great reminder and refresher to you guys. And for those of you that have been saved for some time or maybe recently have gotten saved and, and you've been around a Pentecostal church like ours for a little bit and you've heard the terminology, the baptism of the Holy Ghost, but you're still not quite sure what it means, I pray that after tonight you leave here with some clarity and some understanding on the, situa on the, on the matter, on the situation. Uh, first, I want, to take a, I want to talk about the two works of the Holy Ghost that takes place in the lives or can take place in the lives of believers. This first work of the Holy Ghost, it takes place in the life of every believer at the moment of salvation. This is when we accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. And uh, it's after we accept Jesus Christ as our, our Lord and Savior that, and after the, the drawing of the Holy Spirit, and after he convicts us and shows us our need for, the, for the, uh, Jesus as our Savior, it's when the Holy Spirit comes and he dwells inside us, and he, and he takes residence there, and he begins to guide us and mold us in, to be more like Christ as we continue to progress in our Christian walk. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 19 through 20 says, Or do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God, and you are not your own? For you were bought at a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. Romans 8 9 says, but you are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. If indeed the spirit of God dwells in you, now if anyone does not have the spirit of Christ, he is not his. This first work of the Holy Ghost is the, is the most important work. 
It's when you come to Christ, when we come to Christ and start living for him, that is the greatest miracle or deliverance or healing that can take place in any person's life. And it's through this first work of the Holy Spirit alone and nothing else that we are able to inherit eternal life in heaven. So we should always take joy and have in that in our salvation, no matter what circumstances we face. And we should always have peace and security of where we're going when we pass from this life to the next. Luke chapter 10, verse 20 says, Nevertheless, do not rejoice in this, that the spirits are subject to you, but rather rejoice that your names are written in heaven. So it's important that we never forget this first work of the Holy Spirit. But there's a second work of the Holy Ghost that sometimes happens in the lives of believers, and it's a very important work. But unfortunately, not every believer is going to experience this, and that is the baptism or the infilling of the Holy Ghost. This is an experience that empowers us as believers. And in this second work of the Holy Spirit, something, something happens to us not only internally, but externally. And to better understand this, this second work of the Holy Ghost, I want us to go back to where it all started. In Luke chapter 24, verses 49, before Jesus ascended back to heaven, he told his disciples that he would send the promise of the Father to them. And he commanded the disciples to tarry in Jerusalem until they be endued with the power from on high. Then when we get into the book of Acts, we see this promise again in, in chapter 1, verse 5, when Jesus says, for, truly, for John truly baptized you with water, but ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days from hence. Then in verse 8, we see the promise behind, the purpose behind this promise when Jesus said, but ye shall, ye shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you shall be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea, and in Samaria, and to the uttermost parts of the world. Then when we flip in, flip over to Acts chapter 2, after the disciples have been obedient to the command of the Lord, and after seeking the baptism of the Holy Spirit for 10 days, we see the, the promise fall upon these men for the very first time. Acts chapter 2, verse 1 through 4 says, And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. And it filled all the house where they were sitting, and there appeared on them cloven tongues like as of fire. And it sat upon each of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit of God gave them the utterance. It was here in Acts chapter 2 that the Holy Spirit filled believers for the very first time, fulfilling both a promise and prophecy and of the outpouring of the Holy Ghost. And it was also here in Acts chapter 2 that not only did something take place internally in the lives of these disciples, but externally. They began to speak in other tongues. It was visible and audible to everyone that was there that day. This was and still is the initial evidence of speaking, uh, initial evidence of the baptism of the Holy Ghost. It's very simple. If you've spoken in tongues, you've been baptized in the Holy Ghost. If you haven't spoken in tongues, then you have not been baptized in the Holy Ghost. And in the, and in the Greek, the word for baptism is baptizo, which means to immerse, which means to, to be completely involved or absorbed, to be, to be plunged into something until you are surrounded or covered. And this is the same thing when somebody is baptized in the Holy Spirit. Tongues, tongues come when a person is full of the Spirit of God, and the Spirit of God is literally flowing out of them. It's like when you see this cup. Each of us are like this cup when we, before coming to Christ. We're empty, and there's nothing in us. And then when we get saved, the water is like the Holy Spirit. And you get a dash, a little portion. And at this, you can be effective. You can serve in the church. You can lead people to Christ. 
You are saved, and there's, you can't get any more saved than that. You're on your way to heaven, but the more you begin to pursue a life of holiness and sanctification, and the more you're in your word, and the more you pursue the things after God, and the more discipline you get, the more that cup begins to be filled until you get to the brim. And this is where a lot of believers wanna stop, right here in their walk with the Lord. But there's something beautiful that happens when you keep pressing. That's when you see some amazing results. And this is when God begins to outpour his spirit on you and your cup beginneth to runneth over and out of your belly begins to flow rivers of living water. And it's a continuous well that flows inside of you and out of you. And that's what happens when you get filled with the Holy Spirit. It is an indwelling. It is the, the Holy Spirit is so full in a person that he literally has nowhere else to go but to flow out of him. And throughout the Bible, we see this as a common pattern. And there are different tongues that are mentioned throughout Scripture. And I want to discuss them just for a quick minute, uh, just very briefly. First, we see the tongues of men. This happens when the Holy Spirit enables a person to speak in a language that is not native to them or that they have never learned, but is known and native to a certain group, nationality, or race. We see this in Acts chapter two, verses five through eight. And there were dwelling in Jerusalem Jews, devout men from every nation under heaven. And when the sound occurred, the multitude came together and were, and were confused because everyone heard them speak in his own language. They, then they were all amazed and marveled, saying to one another, look, are not all these who speak Galilean? And how is it that we hear each in our own language in which we were born? I heard a testimony of uh, during Azusa Street Revival. Uh, for those of you who don't know what Azusa Street is, it, it was uh, uh, the big push of Pentecostalism in America in the early 1900s. Uh, it's really what birthed Pentecost in, uh, as far as denominational names, but it was an outpouring that took place for about roughly 10 years. And I heard this testimony of uh, there was a group of people that came from I can't remember what country, but from overseas, uh, there was a lot, of, a lot of spectators and critics that would come to the revival and they would write comic pieces and, uh, and you know, hateful things about the revival. And these, these people came to write a comic piece on it. And this man from this uh, foreign country, he comes and uh, he's sitting in service, you know, and he, he's just looking for something to make a comic piece on. And all of a sudden this lady gives out a message in tongues. And... He goes to the service, and then at the end of the service, uh, he goes up to that lady, and he said, how do you know that language? How did you know my native tongue? She's like, I, I, don't, I don't know what you're talking about. And, uh, and she, he, he said, no, who, who taught you to speak that dialect? She said, sir, I, I don't. That was, that was the Spirit of God. That wasn't me. He said, you just told me my whole life story. You told me about every, every bit of sin that is going on in my life. How did you know? She said, sir, that was the Spirit of God. That just, that just goes to show you the, the power of God and the, what the Spirit of God can do in a person's life when they surrender to him. Uh, then you've got tongues of angels. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 1 says, Though I speak in tongues of men and of angels, but have not love in my heart, I have become a sounding brass or a clashing cymbal. Sometimes when people speak in tongues, they speak in an angel, angelic tongue, also referred to as heavenly tongues. This is a tongue or a language that is spoken by and known by angels, and that is known and spoken by in heaven. Then you have a spirit language. 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 2 says, For he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men but to God, for no one understands him. However, in the spirit he speaks mysteries. This is a personal prayer language given to us as individuals. It is, and it is a direct communication to God the Father. 
This takes place when the Holy Spirit is praying directly through us to the Father. Uh, and, you know, it's not important that we focus on which tongue to, to speak in or speak through in the Holy Spirit. But it, what is important that we trust the Holy Spirit to do his work through us. That's what's the most important and that we're open and willing vessels. That's just a little bit of what the baptism of the Holy Ghost is. Now I want to just kind of describe what is the importance of the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Well, the first reason is biblical. This isn't just something that was made up by Pentecostals, and this isn't something that we're, you know, we're crazy, and it's not some just weird, over-emotional experience. Uh, can the things of God get emotional? Yes, but the baptism of the Holy Ghost is something that is clear all throughout Scripture. There are a few key things that are constantly repeated throughout the Gospels, and, that are, and, they, and they are Jesus, born of a virgin, Jesus crucified, Jesus resurrected, the baptism of the Holy Ghost, and Jesus returning again. Matthew 3 and 11 says, I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance, but he who is coming after me is mightier than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. Luke three sixteen says, John answered and saying, oh, I indeed baptize you with water, but one mightier than I is coming, whose sandal strap I am not worthy to loose. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. Mark 1.8 says, I indeed baptize you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. Then when we go into the book of Acts, we see five times people receiving the baptism of the Holy Ghost, either at the moment of salvation or not long after. Acts chapter 2, verse 1 through 4. Acts chapter 8, verses 12 and verses 14 through 19. Acts chapter 9, verses 17 through 18. Acts chapter 10, verses 44 through 46. And Acts chapter 19, verses 1 through 2 and, and verse 6. These passages here, they just are biblical proof that the baptism of the Holy Ghost is real and that it's for every believer that seeks it. Another reason the baptism of the Holy Ghost is important is because Jesus made it clear that it's important through Scripture. And again, I'm going to repeat Luke chapter 24, verse 49. Behold, I send the promise of the Father upon you, but tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you be endued with the power from on high. Acts 1.8 again, but you shall receive power when the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you shall be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea, and Samaria, and to the end of the earth. Jesus told the disciples, before you do anything, before you go and spread my gospel, before you tell people about me, wait for the promise of the Holy Ghost, wait to be filled with the Holy Ghost, and then you go and be my witnesses. The next reason the baptism of the Holy Ghost is important is because it takes your prayer life to a whole nother level. Again, 1 Corinthians 14, 14 and 2 says, For he who speaks in tongues does not speak to men but to God, for no one understands him. However, in the Spirit he speaks mysteries. When you receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost, you receive a prayer language, just like we talked about in, with the different kinds of tongues. And, you know, when we pray in English, our prayers are powerful and God hears us. But when we pray in tongues, it is literally the Spirit of God praying through us. It, it, it's when the Spirit of God... Uh, it's when we can't find things on our own and the Spirit of God takes the words that we can't find and he finds them for us and he prays through us. He takes our burden and he, and he sends them to the Father through us. And this spirit language that we receive, it isn't something that should just be for church, but it's something that we should have in a daily walk with the Lord. The next reason the baptism of the Holy Spirit is important is it gives you the power to witness. The, power, the, the baptism of the Holy Spirit gives us the, the ability to effectively perform the tasks that we are called to do at max capacity. Jesus baptizes us in the Holy Spirit so we can most effectively build the kingdom of God. 
Again, in Luke chapter 24, verse 49, Behold, I send the promise of the Father upon you, but tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you be endued with the power from on high. The word for power here in Luke chapter 24, verse 49, is the Greek word dunamis, which is where we get our, our English word dynamite. God wants us to have dynamite, explosive power to expand the kingdom of God. If we want to build the kingdom of God most effectively and, and we want to have our most effective walk with Christ, the baptism of the Holy Ghost isn't just recommended, it's necessary. And uh, Luke, uh, the Holy Ghost also empowers us to be most effective witnesses by giving us the words to say even when we don't know what to say. Luke chapter 12, verse 11 through 12 says, Now when they bring you into the synagogues and magistrates and authorities, do not worry about how or what you should answer or what you should say, for the Holy Spirit will teach you in that very hour what you ought to say. Another, another way the Holy Spirit equips us to be more effective, a more effective witness is by giving us boldness when we lack boldness. In the Gospels, we read of when Jesus being arrested and brought in for questioning, uh, to ultimately be crucified. Uh, and when Peter was asked during this time if he was a follower of Jesus or if he knew Jesus, he denied him three times. But then when we flip over to Acts chapter 2 on the day of Pentecost, after Peter received the baptism of the Holy Ghost, we read where P Peter stood up and preached the gospel of Jesus Christ with boldness, and 3,000 people were added to the kingdom that day. Then in Acts chapter 4, we read where Peter and John were arrested for preaching the gospel, and they were brought before the Sanhedrin for questioning. And in the middle of persecution, the one thing that the people noticed, even their own persecutors and the ones there to condemn them, the, the one thing they noticed that was evident in the lives of these disciples was the boldness of the Holy Spirit in them. Acts chapter 4 verse 13 says, Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated and untrained men, they marveled and they realized that they had been with Jesus. This is the power and the boldness that comes from being baptized in the Holy Ghost. It's the power that enables us and makes us willing and ready to share the gospel and defend the gospel anywhere and anytime, no matter the circumstances. Another way the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit empowers us to witness is by increasing our faith to perform signs and wonders. After receiving the baptism of the Holy Ghost, there were many signs and wonders that followed the apostles. And in Acts chapter 5, verse 12, the Bible says that through the hands of the apostles, many signs and wonders were done among them. This included the lame walking, the sick healed, demons casted out of people, and the dead raised back to life, just to name a few. And today we still have that same ability, just as the apostles did in the early church, to perform these same signs and wonders. Mark 16, 17 says, And these signs will follow those who believe. In my name they will cast out demons, they will speak with new tongues, they will take up serpents, and if they drink any deadly thing, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. This is the power and the authority that we have as believers in Christ through the power of the Holy Ghost. The Holy Spirit empowers us to do things, not, of our, not for our own self-gratification, but he enables us to do things to bear witness of the power of God working in us and through us, ultimately bringing glory and honor to God and leading people to Christ. Now, that, that explains some of the importance behind the baptism of the Holy Ghost. I want to just briefly talk about how are some ways that we can receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. One is after or during a time of praising God and blessing God. In Acts chapter 2, on the day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit began to move after and during a time of praising and blessing God. 
They were in unity in one mind and accord, and they came together with a common purpose to seek after everything the Lord had for them, and the Holy Ghost fell on them, and they were baptized in the Holy Spirit. Number two is preaching during preaching the word. In Acts chapter 10, Peter is preaching at the house of Cornelius to Cornelius and his whole household. And then in verse 44, the Bible says that Peter, while he was still speaking, the Holy Spirit fell and Cornelius and his household were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues. Number three is through the laying on of hands. Acts chapter eight, verse 17 says, then they laid hands on them and they received the Holy Spirit. Acts chapter nine, verse 17 says, and Ananias went his way and entered the house and laying hands on them said, brother Saul, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the road as you came has sent me that you may receive your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Acts 19 and six says that, and when Paul had laid hands on them, the Holy Spirit had came upon them and they spoke with tongues and prophesied. These are just a few examples that are found in scripture. Uh, But no matter what method or uh, way a person is bat- receives the baptism of the Holy Spirit, ultimately it comes down to how bad do you want it? How bad are you seeking the Lord? Uh, are you fully surrendered and willing to allow the Holy Spirit to come in and, and to have his way in your life? Are, have you put away a life of sin and you're pursuing holiness and sanctification? Matthew chapter 5, verse 6 says, uh, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. If you are a child of God who is prayerfully and earnestly seeking the baptism of the Holy Spirit and you are pursuing a life of holiness and sanctification and not living in sin, then you are a candidate for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Acts chapter uh, 2, verse 39, Peter said, And this promise is unto you and unto your children and to those who are far, far off, as many as the Lord God may call. The baptism of the Holy Ghost is still available for us as believers today. No matter what doctrine says it's not, it is still alive and active today. And um, I just want to really take some time for us as a church to come together as, as a body and to pray for the, to, for one, pray for the baptism of the Holy Ghost to fall in our church, to be evident in our church that, that when, you know, the, the ultimate thing is salvation, but we don't want to just see people saved. We want to see people filled with the power of God to be completely consumed by the power of God, to be, to be completely filled with the Holy Ghost. And, I want us, and, and not only in our church, but I want us to pray for the, the church of the nation, that, that you know, we all pursue and we hunger and thirst after righteousness, that, that there be a, a Holy Ghost revival sweep through this land, and that we all pursue after these things. Um, I also felt it in my heart for this weekend at Real Men Rally that, that we pray that the baptism of the Holy Ghost fall on men, because it's when you receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost that it changes your life forever. I mean, it's a life-changing encounter. I, I can't even ultimately explain it. Uh, but it's one of the greatest things that you can, you can experience in your life. And then uh, anybody that's here that maybe you haven't received the baptism of the Holy Ghost or maybe it's been a while and you need a refilling of the Holy Ghost, tonight can be your night. And uh, I just want to encourage you to find uh, a Holy Ghost-filled believer, uh, whether the pastors, myself, Greg Ziegler, Ron Burton, whoever, and, and to seek after the baptism of the Holy Ghost and have them pray with you. Uh, it's a life-changing encounter, and it's for every believer, and every believer needs it. Uh, so I want to invite everybody to come and just seek the Lord in a time of prayer.